It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Mean Chet Martin here with you. Also on the other side, the fearless one, C.V. Burton, who will be separated from me with segments again this week. This will be the final week that we do this, guys. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen again. And that is because of my own uh, life and uh, health issues right now inside the family. Okay, so we're, we're doing it this way one more time for the weekend. And we got some really great guests on the bill for you today. We've got Mr. Bill Cook. And he is the Reverend Pastor that we've had on a few times before uh, from the black robe regiment second time on the show with us too and bob swick second time on the show with us as well both of those individuals have a lot to say and before that paul sutliff civilization jihad the all-knowing paul sutliff you're gonna want to hear that as well first one up with us so to start off the show today i wanted to talk about something that lee had mentioned on Friday, and it was also spoken about quite a bit on the Glenn Beck radio program, the House had approved a new aid package for Ukraine of nearly $40 billion, which will increase to total U.S. funding for Ukraine's war efforts to a whopping $58 billion since March. If the package passes in the Senate, me, it passes in the Senate. Meanwhile, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testified before Congress that the Biden administration is considering diverting resources away from an already struggling VA Department of Veterans Affairs to deal with the border crisis. All right, so Glenn Beck said on Thursday during his radio program they're going to divert costs. The Biden administration is taking money from the VA. Now already our veterans get seconds and we are considering diverting VA funding and doctors and nurses away from our vets and to the migrants at the border so we can take money that we don't have, $58 billion, and send it to the Ukraine. What the hell is wrong with us? Also a quote from Mr. Beck, now some Republican lawmakers are attempting to fight this But most people haven't even heard of this. This is how the atrocities at the border go unchecked. Biden sweeps it under a rug. The mainstream media covers it up. And meanwhile, people suffer and die. And in this case, it's not only the people on the border, it's also our veterans in VA hospitals. Mr. Beck is right. Uh, They are talking about this right now, and I've seen this on multiple sources too. And there has been a little bit of a stir inside Congress. I doubt they're going to do very much about it. It is unfortunate that our veterans always get sacrificed when it comes to uh, good care. uh, Whether it's because of something like this or just because of politics in general. You know, uh, divert this money to help what's going on in the southern border and, and, and help what's going on in Ukraine. First of all, the issues that we have on the southern border are greatly because of this administration. There's no doubt about that. 
I mean, anybody that sees what's going on there, if you really watched what's going on there, and the numbers are here, you can get the numbers from our uh, from our southern border itself. The Border Patrol will give you the numbers of all the drugs that have been coming through now, the tick of fentanyl that's being added and killing our kids. It's back coming through here. Human trafficking, drug smuggling, uh, very bad people, terrorists entering. These numbers are there if you go and look for yourself. But if you're uh, just sitting on your hands and you don't want to look and you just kind of want to let it happen unanswered because you think anybody that dares checks the southern border for unwanted coming into this country is somehow a racist bigot nazi or a right-wing conspiracy theorist right well i can tell you one thing whatever you think of me is fine whatever you think of glenn beck lee elsie and any of the other voices on our side and you don't like us that's fine too um also my my cohorts brian cv you don't like them fine you don't like that what we have to say fine I do think that our our VA needs to do a better job, and I think that our veterans need to get treated better. And we shouldn't be sacrificing anything when it comes to them. They should get the best treatment they can possibly get, if we can possibly give it to them. And if we're going to take funds out to help Ukraine and the folks in the Ukraine, and we need $58 billion, why don't you start taking away from all of our wonderful politicians like Nancy Pelosi? I mean, hell, j- just just have her show you some of her off, tr- uh, you know, off track accounts. Have her uh, dig some of her silver up. Have her sacrifice some of those ice cream bars that she likes so much. You know, I, of course, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making a mockery of miss nancy but the truth is our politicians get paid very well and they don't report much of what they get uh get under the table unless you look on these uh offshore accounts and there are plenty of them by the way and you uh you don't see them standing up and say hold on wait a second why are we taking this from the veterans maybe we should uh figure something out and and let the veterans have that money. Let the veterans get that care. They need it. You know, a lot of veterans' suicides have gone up, I see. No more help for them, though, right? We send them off to foreign lands to fight for your rights in this country. And most of you liberals hate them and spit on them when they come home. Well, at least back in Vietnam, we don't do that anymore, right? It's coming close. I could tell you that. It's coming close. You know, see uh, Black Lives Matter or Antifa spitting in a veteran's face. It would not surprise me if it's already happened, and the news just won't report on it. You know, this is... (laughs) Stuff like this makes me angry. Because they deserve better. They've deserved better for a very long time. But right now, what we're getting from this administration is a lack of caring. It seems to be a problem with this administration. Hell, I don't know if Joe Biden knows what the hell's going on from one day to the next. But he does have to put his signature on things like this for them to pass. 
And he does have to look it and read it over, and whether he understands it or not, he at least has to know what he's writing down, which is a uh, which is a uh, a hard thing to comprehend for me to think that that man knows anything about anything. He seems to be lost, and so does this country. If we're going to start doing stuff like this. If we're going to start taking money and funds away from our veterans, well, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's really sad. I see people out there, you know, they, they talk a good game. They put their flag up. You know, they have their MAGA hat on and all that. I wonder if they really separate themselves from, uh, from a lot of this malarkey, right? Well, do they? Are you really pro-American? Are you are you bringing a bunch of folks that may not be vested and paying their taxes, doing their fair share on your property to work around your home? Are you doing the right things when you do that? Are you? Well, I don't have to answer it for you. You know yourself and you know at the end of the day whether you're being an honest person or if you're just a big liar and a big snake and a fraud. That happens too. But these folks deserve better than that. And as much as you pump in with everybody else that comes in and wants their freebies, these people, these folks, these Americans, they don't ask for anything. They go over there, they sacrifice their life, their family, their Christmases, their birthdays, their holidays. For what? For that? And to vote this idiot into office so he can take away every good thing that they've gotten over the last 10, 20 years? He's doing it really quick. It's amazing. This administration seems to be very happy kicking the American veteran when they're down. Ah, we did say never again, didn't we? That was a bunch of bull. Baloney. Every day, every day that you live in the shadows of lies that you profit, that you do not do, you are a liar. And don't come to me and don't, do not ever fly a flag around me if you don't represent what the flag represents. Don't be a fraud. Come back, Freedom on Deck, there's more to go. 94.9. News Now and Stimulating Talk. on deck Fox News Radio C.V. Burton flying solo for this segment you know occasionally you come across a person who can predict things coming down the pike way in advance and he or she is usually accurate they look at the big picture they note the forces at work and they can see the trajectory and the patterns like if you throw a football And it reaches its highest point, you know, and it kind of like freezes in the air for a second. You know it will travel the same distance forward on its way down as it did on its way up. Anyway, Naomi Wolf has predicted many things about the scaredemic and the tyrannical response to it fairly accurately 
like years ago. And all her predictions came true. She was once a total leftist fanatic, but her eyes have been opened since this regime stole power. And she's been red-pilled for the most part. Anyway, about 13 months ago, she predicted that there will come a time when we will be inundated with one crisis after another, that it will be disorienting, disruptions in the food supply, disruptions in energy supply, possibly our energy grid too, disruptions in the cyber grid, and there will be a way to not have the midterms. Let that sink in. Biden has extended a state of emergency for the ninth time, this time in an open-ended way, funneling billions of dollars to health and human services without congressional approval. The borders are wide open. Fighting-aged men from Afghanistan and Ukraine are positioning themselves all around the country. And just like Canada declared martial law against the truckers enforced by violent UN soldiers, she's saying that all the pieces are in place for our nation to lose its sovereignty to the UN and all it will take is one false narrative and one snap decision and we're at war internally because you know the American people are not going to sit by and take it. She's right about the shortages. About 18 food processing plants have been burned down like Canada's churches. That can't be coincidental. The DOJ has been flexing their muscles. I have black helicopters flying over my house every weekday, sometimes four times a day. And they usually fly low and slow in a menacing way. Don't ask me what they're doing. I have no idea. I called the police and they said they're federal. That's all they will say. Now, we're going to listen to the power-drunk Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, this frumpy, wild-eyed woman who is the second-highest-ranking official in the United States Department of Justice under Attorney General Merrick Garland. She's being interviewed at the University of Chicago on the principles of federal prosecution. And I will occasionally cut in to correct her. Let's take a listen. When you, as a prosecutor, are thinking about the task of potentially bringing charges. Charges? Where is this person from, anyway? How do you weigh these competing considerations and the impact this is going to have on the American political system? Are you saying it's totally uh, irrelevant altogether? No, look, um, we don't operate in a bubble, right? But what we do do (coughs) is... Um, investigate conduct and crimes, not people or viewpoints, Mm -hmm. okay? So the January 6th investigation, now more than 800 people charged. More than 800 people charged. That means there's probably 800 people languishing in solitary confinement. I thought there were 725. Apparently they're scooping up more people as we speak. As I said, more than 200 um, charged with and, and arrested for assaulting federal officers. Oh, really? Can you show the tape? Because I haven't seen it. Uh, Ten who've been uh, arrested and charged for attacking members of the news media and destroying their equipment. That is total bull. I have not seen that. Show the video of that, too. 
I could go on and on. Of course you can go on and on. You can say whatever you want without evidence. By the way, how many of those 800 people have seen the inside of a courtroom? 1%? Any? Our court filings and public video that many of you have seen details significant violence. People using poles and other uh, dangerous weapons to beat, uh, in many instances, uh, officers to, um, you know, uh, engage in violent conduct in an effort to um, thwart and uh, obstruct what is a fundamental act of our democracy. You know what she sounds like? She sounds like a sixth grader tattletailing to the teacher on a fellow student that she doesn't like and she's making up the whole thing. But has anybody seen any of these videos whatsoever? Anybody listening in this audience right now, have they seen any of the January 6th protesters beating uh, reporters or the police with poles? We know they don't have any, they, we know that they didn't have any weapons. Which is the peaceful transfer of power. Oh, you mean like Barack Obama had a peaceful transfer of power right before Trump took office when he had the FBI spy on President Trump illegally and try to frame him for Russia collusion when it was a total lie. We've now had three individuals uh, who are members of the Oath Keepers organization plead guilty to seditious conspiracy. Oh, three people out of 800 arrested. Three people have pled guilty under under threat that they will spend the rest of their lives in solitary confinement. Wow, good job. Um, and that, um, in, in their police statements and in our papers before the court, indicate that they engaged in a plan to use all means, including force, to obstruct the peaceful transfer of power. Oh, really, all means, like, you mean like weapons, using force? By all means, what what weapons did they did you find on any of these protesters? None. How how did they plan? If they planned ahead to seditiously take over the government, how come they were just meandering into the building while the police held the doors open, and they were just taking pictures and selfies? Really, that's that's who you're afraid of. You're inflating this thing beyond all recognition of reality you are a psychotic person just one of many you all have a collective psychosis it's like one psychotic mind in the bodies of many frumpy asexual officials so how we go about making these decisions first we look at and investigate the crimes in front of us right what what crimes loitering uh, and then we work our way up. We follow the facts. We follow um, the evidence. We follow the money. Uh, and uh, you have any other cliches you want to throw at us? Have our investigation go out from there. And it's very important to do that in a methodical way. Why? So that uh, people don't think you are starting from an assumption. <laughs> so we don't think you're starting from an assumption. No, we know you're starting from an assumption. Right. Um, if you are starting from that which is in front of you and investigating those facts and letting the facts guide you, not letting your assumptions. Yeah, where are the facts? I, so far, I haven't seen any facts. I've seen a lot of assumptions, but I haven't seen one fact that you have been able to demonstrate. Not one video has corroborated any of your 
accusations, your twisted, demonic accusations, charging people who are have no criminal record whatsoever, hardworking, taxpaying people, family men, uh, are now languishing in jail because you don't like President Trump. Boo-hoo! You know what? Justice is coming, and it's not for the people that you think. Uh, not letting uh, viewpoints guide you, but starting um, at the bottom, as it were, and working out from there, that also, I think, should give people confidence that we are investigating conduct, not people, and not viewpoints. <laughs> she's basically denying everything that she's actually doing, that, her, that the whole regime is doing, trying to paint MAGA. We, we even heard Biden say it himself. He said, MAGA groups. I don't know. Who, who are, what are MAGA groups? There's, no, there's not MAGA groups. It's, it's a movement of people who want to put America first. And he says, they are the most... They are the most dangerous people in history. All right. Anyway, coming back. Freedom on deck. Fox News Radio. Oh, it's just us now. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk, WJJF. Make sure you go to freedomondeck.com and check out everything we have to offer for you over there. All the backtracks, all the old interviews, some of our great longtime guests. And speaking of which, on the line with us right now is author, scholar, a federally recognized expert on civilization jihad who has published four books, many articles, a federal affidavit, and proposed law on the topic of civilization jihad. Check out Paul Sutliff at paulsutliff.blogspot.com and on the Sutliffian Report, Paul Sutliff himself. Paul, it's good to have you back on the show, man. It's been a little while. Yes, it's nice to be back. Thank you. <laughs> now, on Blogspot dated May the 6th, 2021, you talk of Zakat jihad and ramadan and of course you break it down so it's simple for the readers to understand which is always good for me because sometimes when i get into a lot of the stuff that has to do with jihad and islam and uh the things that you discuss it's good to know how it's all broken down but i have to ask you because inside the article um inside your blog spot rather uh zakat now this is what is this paul let us know what zakat is what does it have to do with jihad well zakat is how jihad is financed and it is a it is what it is one of the four pillars of islam now there's actually more than four pillars because the fifth pillar is actually jihad so we'll get into that in a minute but zakat is a wealth tax it's not like your income tax it's a wealth tax so it taxes what you've owned for a year so if you you know you owned a house for a year then you're say you have a hundred thousand dollar house then you're paying two thousand five hundred dollars on it mm. think about that i mean yeah I mean, or you know it's it's not like you're ten percent it's 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 you know that's that's the difference it's 2.5 percent and it's on all of your wealth that you have owned i mean it's like if you've owned clothes for a year if you've owned jewelry for a year, um, this all compiles up. And they generally summarize it by how much gold you have, how much silver you have. Uh, and again, it's a 
wealth tax. It, it doesn't, you can earn a hundred, you know, you could be earning two or 300 grand, maybe 500 grand. You don't have to pay a penny for it. Uh, does it cop? So that's, that's another thing to know. This is one of the reasons why Islam is not a very uh, charitable <laughs> group. And it also says if you spent, you can just spend the money and then it's, um, it's not really a tax anymore, right? I mean, it, it well, seems like it's you, kind of confusing. If you sell, if you sell what you've had for for eleven months, then it, and you know, let's say you buy it back. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the middle of the year. Oh well, that's not taxable anymore. <laughs> a lot of loopholes there. Yeah, that's that's. I would say that the cot is a again, it's a wealth tax. That's the best way to look at it. Now, the thing that people don't get is that zakat let me just the 2.5% it comes from hadith cuz it's nowhere stated in the it nowhere stated in the quran not right, any right, place right but let's let's t- take a look at uh um let's see what i have a couple different places here let's take a uh, 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 hadith musnad ahmad 984 uh it was narrated that ali the mess said um uh that the messenger of allah said i have relieved and slaves and on silver the zakat is one quarter of one tenth so if you multiply 0.1 times 0.025 you get this one quarter which is you get this one quarter of one tenth one quarter of one tenth one fourth Hmm. so you get the two i'm sorry yeah so you get the point the 2.5 percent so if you do the math and you figure it out you can figure out where they got the information from it's kind of surprising Muhammad, he wanted zakat, extra zakat. Sometimes he'll take, like, uh, there's a hadith where he takes 10% of honey. Uh, <laughs> okay. So there's he wanted. And I think I accidentally pushed the speaker. Okay, sorry about that. You're right. So where does, I mean, zakat is supposed to be, they call it for charity. Zakat literally means charity. Uh, so is the money going to charity? And that is, you know, that's where we get into the question. And the truth is no. Uh, and does, uh, it does some of it go to charity? Yes. And we'll talk about that. Um, did Muhammad himself take from the poor and the needy that were given Sakat? Absolutely. Um, there's Sahih Bukhari, uh, uh, book 24, uh, Hadith 95. He, t- he takes away, his, you know, his, his child bride, Aisha gave, she she freed a slave, and she gave charity to that slave. She gave him food, gave that that slave girl food. And Muhammad takes the food and eats it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, so this is, you know, this is not a very generous guy. This is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, According to Sharia, which you can buy your own translation, English translation of this, I highly recommend a book called Reliance of the Traveler, Traveler spelled with two L's. Okay. And you can go to H8.7. You can find the eight categories of recipients of zakat. Now, every Muslim is obligated to split up how they give zakat. Um, so there's eight categories. Now, if you take eight and you divide it, uh, one divided by eight is what? Um, One-eighth is 12.5%. So... So the poor, they get 12.5%. The needy, which they actually divide up, you can be poor and you can be needy. They say that's two different categories. They get 12.5%. Um, administrative costs, which they used to call zakat workers, 
they get 12.5%. Uh, those whose hearts are reconciled. Uh, this is where you bribe uh, new, new, belie- new followers into Islam. You give them money to become Islamic. So that's a 12.5%. Sounds like the Democrat Party. Sorry, sorry, I had to say. Yep, yep, you're getting there. Uh, Those purchasing their freedom. So, you know, I find that humorous to think that they were actually, if you think about that, people actually have to be giving zakat today to buy freedom for slaves. That's that's a requirement. So if you're a good Muslim and you're not doing that, you're not fulfilling your obligation. Wow. So there's a 12.5%. There are actual charities that exist out there where there's that's supposed to be that's what they're supposed to be doing but then in order for them to give that zakat money they still have to have slavery but that's what yeah know, that's in, that's just and that's such a throwback kind of way of thinking and that's just what uh but it's not throwback for islam yeah for not for them it's no. it's totally acceptable yeah uh, and um so they, they're allowed to give 12.5 percent for debt to help those in debt and here's number category number seven for those fighting for Allah, these are jihadis. They get 12.5%. And Muhammad mm. uh, and Allah, they, they're all like, okay, if you finance jihad, you get the same award as the jihadis. Okay, so if somebody you financed did an act of jihad during Ramadan, mm. you get the same double benefits that they did. Okay, so they died. They went to heaven. They get their 72 horis. Right. Ooh. So does that mean, I mean, if they, if you double that, okay, seven times, so what are we up to? Uh, 144 horries. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't, nowhere it says you're going to, but they talk about it. It's a very, blessing. it's a very um, loose standard, isn't it? Yeah. This is, you know, what bothers me the most is, is all of these acts of jihad we're seeing now uh, in general, Zakat is paid during Ramadan, or it must be finally paid off during Ramadan. Um, in fact, they're told that you should calculate during Ramadan if you've been paying it all year, you know how much you have left to pay. And so that's something to think about. But one eighth, think about that. One eighth of every Muslim uh, who is in this country. I mean, you're talking about your neighbors, your the people who live down the street, or you know, all the people that go to that mosque over here or there. They all have to give one eighth towards jihad, and that is a little bit scary to think that that's happening. This is why in our in America right now, yeah, in America today, yes, but this is all over the world. It's not just here. It's in right. Europe. It's I mean, it's every single place. Now, this is the stuff. I, you know, I sit there and I wonder, you know, why, uh, what, you know, this is the thing you'll see about charities. Islamic charities will say what category they are. When they say category seven, pay attention mm. because that's financing jihad. I've seen educational groups declare themselves category seven. Well, in the United States, that means they're civilization jihad groups, yes. which means they are, okay, yep. that's just something to think about. Now, the ones that were in the mosques that were um, advertising, such as groups that supported Hamas charities. Yeah. Paul, we are running out. It give us give us the site where everybody goes. I want to know too because I still have a lot to talk about with you. Uh, can you come back this this coming week as well? Yes. Okay. Yes, I can. All right, that'll be great. Okay. Um, where does everybody um, go? Yeah. Check you out. 
Go to paulsutliff.blogspot.com. That's Sutliff with two Fs in it. And uh, I'm going to suggest, you know, the best way you can support my work right now is buying any one of my books you can find on Amazon. We have a lot more show to go here on 94.9 News Now and Stimulate Talk. This is Freedom on Deck. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Every time Paul Sutliff comes on, he uh, really breaks it down very, very well when talking about Muslims here and abroad and throughout the world and the civilization jihad that he is a recognized expert in. And you will get all the information that you need from him at all times. And if you ever need to check anything with him, too. Uh, go listen to all the stuff he has. You will find out that he, he's not just putting opinions out there that he finds. This is stuff that he's been uh, researching for a very long time. A scholarly gentleman and somebody that I really look up to. And then after this, we've got Bob Swick coming up uh, from Swick Speak. And he's going to be coming on to talk about some of the local and some of the national. Of course, some of the national is going to be all bad and well <laughs> and some of the local too because it's connecticut and long island so mostly with bob connecticut all right listen this is a story to me that i wanted to to hit on a little bit i know it was discussed last week on a lot of the different programs including lee elsie because lee does a lot with the heritage foundation he's a lot of the great people on heritage that come on the show with him and that's always fun to listen to and i always enjoy that very much but out of washington the heritage foundation announced monday that big tech giant youtube had taken new action to censor content on the organization's channel on april the 21st former president donald j trump spoke at heritage's annual leadership conference in florida yeah lee did speak about this heritage streamed the remarks live made them available to their entirety to the heritage channel shortly afterward the unaltered 82 minute video of the president's remarks had accumulated more than 531,000 views and that was in a mere day nearly three weeks later on may 9th the youtube representative informed heritage that the video was taken down and heritage is now restricted for a week and uploading any content supposedly because the video of the president's remarks violated our policies pertaining to elections misinformation accordingly the video had been removed and a strike had been applied to the channel as a result uploads are suspended for one week heritage foundation president kevin roberts released the following statement in response to youtube's latest censorship of heritage we live in a country built on the principles of free speech and expression but these big tech giants have their sights set 
on trampling and ultimately destroying those fundamental principles in pursuit of their political ideology. Why is the radical left so insecure that they cannot even stand to let others report the words of a former president? It's time for Congress to step up and hold these companies accountable through legislation that hits them where it hurts, where they previously laid out a roadmap for doing so. There's no more excuse for inaction by our elected officials. If we cannot live and function in a society where such commonplace documentation and speech is possible, our republic is in serious peril. Perhaps Elon Musk should take a look at buying YouTube as well. Of course, the Elon Musk thing had to be added at the very end there. And that's kind of um, gone backwards, hasn't it? I heard that maybe he's not going to be purchasing Twitter. And Donald Trump uh, put out a statement about Elon Musk maybe possibly not purchasing Twitter as well. And um, actually, I saw that over the weekend, there was some stuff on Twitter that was taken down that was uh, had to do with that movie, 2,000 Mules, which I haven't seen yet because I can't make my way all of that down to Westbury in order to see it because on Long Island you can't go see it at the local movie house first of all a lot of the local movie houses are now closed because they couldn't afford to stay open with the whole COVID thing going on and any of the movies that are movie houses that are playing 2000 Mules which I only know of the one in Westbury I don't know if there are any others that are up the island maybe towards uh excuse me yawning maybe towards uh Brooklyn or Queens there may be some more, which is where Westbury would be. I might as well go to Connecticut and watch it with Lee and the Colonel. But they spoke about that as well, right? Lee and the Colonel had three weeks discussing what they had seen in that movie house, that they had seen the evidence pretty much laid out. The Colonel said himself uh, yesterday that uh, they cheated to win. I mean, he said it right on the air. I was waiting for so much for that to be said. And um, Lee discussed it with Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly needs a little more of a, I guess, kind of like a statement from somebody that was involved. I don't think you're going to get anything like that. um, Because, you know, what they did was uh, criminal. I mean, you know, who's going to say that when they were involved with a criminal action? I mean, I certainly wouldn't. Whether I regret it or not, it wouldn't be the... uh, Wouldn't be the avenue that I'd go down, that's for sure, unless I was given immunity. Um, But this is the way that they stifle people from seeing both sides of the argument. And it's true. The statement this gentleman makes about some of the folks on the left not wanting your message to get out there is absolutely 110% the truth. And the reason being because they don't want any of the, the adults that are on their side to get wind of what's actually going on and saying, hold on, wait a second here. This isn't right. I mean, the brainwashing that is going on right now is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact is, when you can't see the argument from both sides and you're not willing to listen to both sides, this is the result. Thing, these, uh, these companies at Silicon Valley and our big, big... Uh, Uh, conglomerates on social media say to themselves there's really no repercussion with us silencing any of the opposition so let's just take it all down and that's what you have going on right now and so the people on the left the folks that are doing this are the folks that 
are believing only what's coming out of MSNBC, CNN, the New York Slimes, or any of the other dirtbag rags that they read, uh, this is what they get. And, you know, this is what I talk about sometimes on the show. Conservatives roll over backwards to put the different, uh, the different, I, I want to. I don't want to say the uh, the other side. They they bring people on to tell their their way, right? Whether it's John Leboulier that goes on with Lee, whether it's uh, somebody that goes on with Sean Hannity from other side. Sean likes to do that a lot too. Sean Hannity does. I know that there are uh, some other shows that enjoy doing that too. Dana Dana Loesch is one. Lash Dana Lash is one of them. Um. That never happens on the other side, ever. Very rarely. And if it does on CNN, they usually surround them by like four other liberals to scream down. And it's fine to have that attitude. And I do agree with Lee when he says we have to to listen. We can't be like them. The problem with it is, though, that it's, it's starting to turn to the point where they just don't give us any time and we still give them the same amount of time that we always have i'm starting to say to myself maybe we should get off that and start being a little more ruthless about as far as bringing people on the shows having differing opinions i don't want to do that but it hasn't gotten better on the other side it's gotten way worse to the point where, you know, an ex-president's Twitter is taken down and nobody on the other side ever talks about what's actually going on with us. That that, that They don't want to talk about the election. Instead, they go, oh, that's just a conspiracy theorist. That's just somebody spreading lies. That movie's not real. Even though it's documented video evidence where they use these cell phones to pick up all the people that were basically stuffing ballots... All the thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots that were stuffed and all the other bad stuff they did dur- during that election as well. Um, I, I don't want to personally say that I will never, ever have somebody from the other side on my show again. I wouldn't do that. But I'm leaning more towards saying not as often. Because, because it hasn't... We don't ever get reciprocated, do we? Where? Who? Oh, they have that woman on CNN that's a Republican expert. Oh, yeah, those are the best, the ones that really aren't. And I'm not a Republican anyway. Most Republicans are just uh, uh, Democrats with better suits. That's all that's all about, right? Better suits than Bernie Sanders, right? So... My personal opinion right now on the whole situation is we need to uh, we need to fight for America no matter what. And it means if it means not talking to the other side and not giving them any time, then I'm all with it. I don't want to go that way, but if I have to, I will. Next guest coming up, Swick Speak. Bob Swick on the line. He'll be with you right after this. Freedom on deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk.
Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Make sure you go over to freedomondeck.com and check out everything that we have to offer for you over there, including all of our backtracks, back shows, and some of our great guests, regular guests, and one of our regular guests that is kind of newer to the program, I would say newer to the program. There I go with my wonderful English. I'm talking about the blogger from Swick Speak. And a friend of mine, as well as a good friend of Tony D, who introduced us to the wonderful Mr. Bob Swick. Bob, how are you, sir? It's been a been a couple weeks. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Chuck? I'm good. You know, I was trying to find I was trying to find a win for the American people that's come out of this administration. Where at least if if I went at a Democrat, they could say, "Well, we've done this right." Um, economically speaking, there's nothing. And we're starting to see the rise in inflation and something that uh, you call Bidenflation. Um, how, how much worse can this get, Bob? We know that prices are going to increase and go up on, on almost everything. Uh, gas jumped 19 cents last week. I believe that was in Rhode Island. And over here, it jumped uh, close to 12 cents on the gallon on Long Island. Uh, how much more can we take of this? It feels like the beatings just get worse, and we're not really going anywhere. Except down. Well, I, I really believe that if the Democratic Party has any type of uh, cohesion or any type of uh, economic literacy, they will realize that their economic policies have been an abysmal failure to our economy to the point that many people are just throwing up their hands and saying, hey, I can't keep up with this. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I know government has absolutely no solutions for me with regards to what they've done. And again, you look at a, a situation with the family of four, every cent they're making, if they're middle class, is going to pay for food, pay for energy costs, utility costs, pay for their rent, pay for their mortgage, and not little to nothing else to show for. And when that situation occurs, I really believe very strongly that people vote with their wallets, they vote with their pocketbooks. They're not overly concerned with all of the, the, the massive amount of social issues that the Democratic Party is just shoving down people's throats in comparison to the severity of the economic crisis they've created in our country. And I, I used two pointed examples. I read an article two days ago where a person, an elderly person on Social Security fixed income, yep. used their entire Social Security check to fill up their heating oil tank. Because Ugh. heating oil is now over $6 a gallon in some parts of the country. That is insane. I know. And the second example I, I, I use is individuals who are, um, you know, again, the family of four, the, the working middle class, they're basically being eliminated out of our economy. So I don't understand what the point of this whole uh administration's economic policies are and again for somebody who's taught economics for over 40 years now i i can't i can't rationalize it i can't even but, i can't even explain to my bob it seems like they it, do. doesn't it seem like they want to do this i mean i i know that's like some people say that's all conspiracy theory but i i look at what's happening right now 
And I mean, it makes no real good sense. And even for a win as far as saying, well, you know what, let's let's open the pipeline up and let's get some gas for the American people. Whereas he could come out and say, you know what, I don't want to do this, but we're going to have to do it. And we're get, we got to get ahead of this thing. But they're not even thinking of that. Instead, uh, they open a pipeline for Putin who that they, they say that they're uh, pushing back against. But it just doesn't seem like they're interested in making things easier for the American people. And that makes me say to myself, Bob, uh, this looks like it's intentional. Well, I think it, I think it is half and half. I think half of it is intentional and the other half is just the total incompetency on the part of the Democratic Party when it comes to economic issues. Yeah. And again, they, they own this economy. It's 17 months now. Yes. You're looking right now in 17 months of almost 40% inflation, 40%. It's not sustainable. It's Under President Trump for four years, you had less than 6.5% total combined for four years. It, it, it's, it defies logic, but I still say it's half half they're trying to do it they do, they know what they're doing and the other half everything is spiraling out of control and i think you're right with like the social justice issues when we talk about the uh very left like the aocs they have the ear of this administration and i think that's part of the problem too but you know bob for when i was a kid and uh president bill clinton was in office it was james carville that famously said it's the economy stupid um, and now it just doesn't seem like that matters at all to, and to anybody that's inside the ear of this man and this administration. Well, I don't think it matters to the Democratic Party and to the media. I think it matters to half of America who is struggling and trying to get by. Yes. And the half of America that truly voted Republican and or independent candidates and not for the Democratic Party. And what they what they don't realize, and, I, and the Democratic strategists, in my opinion, have no concept of knowing, people will not toe the line just on social issues. The election is going to be completely focused on the economy and economic issues. Trust me, I can't see it any other way. Because again, when you've hammered people where at the end of the week, their entire paycheck is gone before yeah. they even get it, there are serious issues for the elected officials who've helped create that economy. And it's the blame is totally on the Democratic Party. No one else. Bob Swick of Swick Speak on with us right now. How's that going to formulate in Connecticut? They were, I know Lee was at uh, the event for the Republicans, and I've, I've heard that they'd had a good turnout. Do you see any wins for the Republicans in Connecticut right now, Bob? That's going to, I know we kind of talked about it last week with Blumenthal. Uh, do you see any real contenders? Well, I, I really believe that Blumenthal's in, uh, in serious trouble. I really think that he overstepped his bounds when it comes to uh, ignoring the real issues of the economy and just be concerned with his, you know, constantly being in front of the press so he can show his picture on the news and so on and so forth. Yep. And I really believe Blumenthal's very, very vulnerable no matter who in the primary is going to win the uh, uh, the nomination uh, between uh, Peter Lamage, Claridge, and uh, Levy there. I really believe anyone who's going to run against him has a very strong chance of beating him and making it at a comfortable level of, of victory. I also believe Joanna Hayes, uh, the upper part of the state, is very vulnerable I don't think she really is. Uh, she's in, in a, she's insane. A, that woman is insane. I'm sorry. Well, she doesn't. She really doesn't have a good. 
a strong clue economically again of what is going on. And I no, because it's all as you said, it's all social issues. Right, right, and I and I really believe it's going to help uh, Bob Stefanowski in the governorship because there, you know, if if you look at Ned Lamont's commercials, you're wondering, is this really Connecticut? I I can't believe this. And that's basically he's lied about the semaphore issue. He's lied about his uh, family's hedge fund. He has to tell the Connecticut voter, listen, this man has not been truthful for you. Listen, this man has cost many businesses to go out of business permanently. This man has cost many people to move out of the state because they can't afford to live here. They can't work here anymore. And he still has to go to the cities. He has to hit New Haven. He has to hit Hartford, Waterbury. Bridgeport, he has to go to the people who are at this point of their of their lives or at this point of, of their uh, trying to make a career or so on and so forth, say, this man is not going to lead Connecticut to any type of economic growth or economic prosperity. No, there's too many young people leaving Connecticut, Bob. Oh, I know. I, I agree 100%. And, I agree. That would, and that would be my word, and I would be in the ear of Bob Stefanowski and say these this is what you should say and this is where you should go. I hope he has a little bit of a direct more of a direction like that now. I I agree because again he has to communicate the message that the Republicans have an alternative program and an alternative plan that will help you, not hinder you, will not cost you Rick, uh we're we're ending it here though and tell everybody where they go to check out Swick Speak and we'll get you back on next month as always. Okay, SwickSpeakBlogspot.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Swick, capital S-W-I-C-K, capital S-Speak. So everybody's going to Twitter, Bob. Yep. So it's like the floodgates have opened for the conservatives on Twitter. (laughs) Hey, Bob, thank you. We'll get you on next. uh, We'll get you on in a few weeks again. I want to keep on talking about what's going on in the state of CT and also what's going on in this great country of ours. Great. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Thank you very much, Bob. Everybody, that was the one and only Bob Swick. Swick Speak. Go check it out. Follow him. Go, you know, read the blog. The blog's great. He does a great job with that as well. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now. Stimulating Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, Fox News Radio. I guess I'm supposed to say 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. And you have C.V. Burton here at the helm. How long are we going to be doing these segments separately anyway? Until our schedules straighten out, I suppose. But I know nothing. I just work here. Anyway, we're going to be talking about who leaked the draft. Now, everybody's going to be saying draft from now on. I mean, it's like, it's like the dossier, the dossier. Like nobody was saying that until 
They were trying to frame Donald Trump because he was America first, and he went against the grain of the establishment. They hated him so much, they still hate him. They're still trying to stop him. They're going to do anything to stop the midterm elections from, from happening. Never mind 2024. Imagine when we get to 2024, and he's the nominee, and he's running for president again. What kind of outrageous lies are they going to come up with then to try to stop him? How are they going to try to frame him then? And then you're not going to be allowed to defend him because if you if you try to defend Donald Trump in 2024, why you are you will be designated a domestic terrorist. And be careful because if if you're too influential, the FBI will kick your door down and throw you into solitary confinement indefinitely even without a trial as we see has been happening with the political dissidents who are in the D.C. gulag to this day. Some 800 of them, I've heard. So that's ridiculous. So who leaked the draft? Oh yeah, that's another thing. Vet. Vet was another word that nobody said until Sarah Palin was selected by McCain to be his running mate. And all the news media went berserk because Sarah Palin was America first before it was cool. And they hated her way before Trump. Do you remember? And all the media were saying, was she vetted? Who vetted her? He vet, they vet, we vet. We all vet. She should be vetted, vet, vetted, vet. And the word vet comes from an actual vet because they, if a horse is running a race, they had to vet the horse. And that means they had to make sure the horse was up to the task. So that meant, was the horse vetted to be able to run the race? And then they started using it for the rest of our lives and we can't get rid of the word vet, vet, vet. I I prefer the word screened. Thank you very much. But I digress. So we're going to be talking about that leaked draft written by Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, who was nominated by George W. Bush. This was in regard to a case, if I could find it. Yeah, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. I guess it has ramifications on Roe v. Wade and the other justices have to vote on it to make it a state issue that the states have to weigh in on the abortion I don't like to use the uh, the word abortion rights because there's no there's no such thing as abortion rights. It's not in the Constitution. And I've been saying that for years. And I thank God that Justice Samuel Alito said the same thing in the draft. But anyway, before they were able to vote on it, it was leaked. By whom? That's what we're going to discuss. Now, Alito had been giving a speech at George Mason University's Antonin Scalia Law School. Oh, that reminds me. Justice Scalia. Now, I am convinced that guy was bumped off. I mean, his, his body was found under suspicious circumstances. He was found with a pillow over his head. And his body was immediately cremated. So there's no exhuming the body to take another look at all. And it was just, it was right at the end of the Obama administration in 2016 And they had assumed that Hillary Clinton was going to win because they had rigged that election also. But fortunately, Donald Trump was so popular that the sheer amount of votes broke their algorithm and they astonished the entire Democrat Party 
and they went ballistic and they you know what happened next. They burned down half the country in protest over Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton herself on election night was threw a temper tantrum and tried to beat up <laughs> John Podesta, who, by the way, was the one who put the hit on Scalia, I believe, because I saw the WikiLeaks emails where he was emailing this guy named Endeldorf or something like that and saying, I hear there's going to be wet works near the pool at the vineyard tomorrow night. And, and Justice Scalia was found dead just a couple of days later. And this was designed so that Hillary Clinton could nominate the next justice. And that brings us to the situation that we're at now. Our Supreme Court justices are in peril because this draft was leaked ahead of time. And so masses of brown shirts, left-wing brown shirts, abortion activists can go to the justices' houses and threaten them and pressure them, which is totally legal. You know, there's a federal law stating that anyone who has the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice, or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer, and pickets or parades in or near a court building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer will face a fine or imprisonment of up to one year. So that's what they're doing. They're protesting right outside all the conservative justices' houses, totally legal, but there's no justice in this country anymore. They only, they only prosecute conservatives, political dissidents, because we know this election was stolen. It's being run by a kleptocracy. Basically, the CCP and the World Economic Forum are pulling the strings of Biden. Biden is on some kind of medication cocktail. It's keeping him on his feet occasionally when the cameras are on, but I'm sure he's laying down all the rest of the time. The question is, who leaked the draft? And after this speech that Alito had given at that university, he was asked if his fellow justices were still on good terms following the shocking disclosure. And he said, this is a subject I told myself I wasn't going to talk about today regarding, you know, given all the circumstances. So he didn't answer that question. That tells you that there is tension among the justices. There were three liberal justices on the bench out of nine. I'm going to switch over to, to Ted Cruz now. He's going to speculate on the situation. I think it is very, very likely a law clerk. And it is very, very likely a law clerk for one of the three liberal justices. That means there are 12 human beings who are your likely suspect pool. That's not a big likely suspect pool. Um, it is likely to be someone who is a hard partisan and who was willing to burn the place down because he or she was so upset about what happens. Um, if I were to guess, the most likely justice for whom the law clerk is clerking is Sonia Sotomayor. Why do you um, say that? Because she's the most partisan of the justices. And so she's the most likely to hire wild-eyed partisans as, as clerks. Hmm. I, I have no evidence of that. I'm just, just making an inference. 
Yeah, he's just speculating, and so am I. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. We used to have free speech in this country. Everybody goes ballistic when somebody says something that goes against the narrative. And uh, Justice Sotomayor, she was nominated by Barack Obama. And if this draft was leaked by somebody in her office, I'm sure she had something to do with it. (laughs) I'm sure she was pressured by the global left that if anything should happen along these lines, that this is what she should do. This is Freedom on Deck, Fox News Radio. We'll be back with Chet Martin's interview with Bill Cook. to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Make sure you go to freedomondeck.com. Check out everything we have to offer for you over there and also some of our backtracks and back showings. Some of our great everyday guests, every week guests, I'd rather say that. And right now we have a repeat guest, second time on the program. I'm talking about the Reverend Bill Cook. Reverend, how are you, sir? Doing very well. Thanks for asking. It's good to have you back on from America's Black Road Regiment. And it's uh, for everybody looking out there, it's the blackroberegiment.us. And everybody can go kind of check that out right now and reach out to you if they want to any of our listeners. I'm sure you're fine with that as well, Reverend, correct? Absolutely, Absolutely yes. So let's just get into this because I know we're going to go in a different direction here. But we've had a leak of a Supreme Court decision or what they were going to make as a decision to possibly overturn Roe versus Wade. And what we're seeing right now is some of the extremists showing up at some Supreme Court justices homes and also they're showing up at churches and they're showing up at other venues and and March for Life venues where they actually found two Molotov cocktails at one of them and I'm I'm sure that didn't come from uh you know uh any of the uh folks that are Trump supporters or folks that are against abortion have what do you think about this whole thing? Because, of course, we're pro-life. I know you're pro-life. We're all, but most of the guests that come on this show are pro-life, and for that's for obvious reasons. But I would never think of showing up on a Supreme Court justice's doorstep if it was a Democrat where I saw information that was leaked that I wasn't supposed to see in the first place, Reverend. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And, in fact, I, you know, if you look at it... Uh the number of years that transpired since 1973, almost uh, 
almost 50 years, um, you know, and there have been a lot of liberal justices involved in court cases that involve abortion. And I, don't, I can't think of any instance where the, a ruling was made in favor of abortion where uh, where people that were pro-life picketed in front of a, or demonstrated outside of justice's home in well, opposition. No, it didn't happen. But that shows you that this administra- administration's lack of care, and I think that these people, they either know it or they might even be getting told, hey, man, go ahead, go do what you want to do. I mean, it seems like it's that way to me. Well, it's just, it's it's pure lawlessness. And what they're doing is, I believe it's a misdemeanor. It's a prosecutable offense. And it's, they, they could be, they sh- should be arrested for doing it. But again, police are either, our police are either afraid or they agree with what they're doing. And so they, when they've got officials that are over them, the police have officials in government. Yeah, tell them to are, stand down. Stand are not yeah. calling them. To, to do their job, to stand up and do their job. Because again, lawlessness is, is running things right now in our country. It is running things in our country. And right now we have Reverend Bill Cook on the line with us. And that kind of leads us into the discussion that we're going to have here. And, and speaking of somebody that had to stand up when people told him he couldn't, and he absolutely did, not only did he stand up, he had a heck of a fight in him too when when the chips were down and people thought maybe uh, push him over, uh, he 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 was a champion. And uh, and what we're talking about right now is Reverend Samuel Whitmore. And we go back; it's from the Battle of Lexington, and this came back in April of 1775. Now, uh, Reverend, let's tell the story about this man because when you told me off air what this guy did, it's kind of unbelievable, and it shows you that we can fight back. We can. And, you know, it's interesting that Samuel Whitmore, what, I, don't, I think you pronounce it Whitmore, he was not actually a pastor. Okay. But we know that pastors were the, were the ideological uh, engine of the American Revolution and uh, that many of them led the members of their flocks into battle. They demonstrated courage that a lot of people in their congregations did. Samuel Whitmore was one of the American defenders in the, on April 19, 1775, when the British uh, mounted their incursion into Lexington and then into Concord. And he had been a soldier. He was retired. He had been a soldier uh, prior to that time. And upon learning of the British actions in Lexington and Concord, he gathered the sword he earned while fighting the British in 1745 and the two pistols he had gained fighting the French in 1763 and his musket. And he then fearlessly went out to meet the British. Well, Elder Samuel took up a location. He was 80 years old. Think about this. This is an 80-year-old man. He took up a location by himself behind a low stone wall. And as a squad of five British soldiers approached, he quickly stood up and promptly shot one with his musket, another with with the pistol, and then the third with his other pistol. By then, the British were at point-blank range and shot him in the face. So elderly Samuel was shot in the face, and when he fell to the ground, they struck him on the head with a butt of a musket, and they bayoneted him 13 times before leaving him to die. Four hours later, this is four hours later that day, as local townsmen up the American dead, they found Sam lying in a pool of blood trying to reload his musket. Now, that's determination. They carried him to a doctor who 
who pronounced his case hopeless, declaring he would be dead shortly. The family implored the doctor to treat him anyway, so he did. So he did what he could before sending Sam home to be surrounded by family as he died. But to the surprise of all, 80-year-old Sam did not die. He fully recovered. He had terrible scars but lived another 18 years, carrying to his grave the marks from the wounds he received while fighting the American War fighting for American independence. In 1878, a marble tablet erected near the location where he met the British carried this inscription. Near this spot, Samuel Whitmore, then 80 years old, killed three British soldiers. April 19, 1775, he was shot, bayoneted, beaten, and left for dead, but recovered and lived to be 98 years of age. He is reflective of the committed character of many Americans at that time. This is a this is an excerpt. I, I obtained this as, as an excerpt from David Barton's newest book called "The American Story: The Beginnings," and that's the kind of loyalty that that clergy of that era engendered in their flocks as they led them into battle. And, you know, and, I gotta I gotta say, Reverend, that there has to be a little bit of God's hand in this story because I mean the uh, confrontation and the wound that he suffered and then the uh, the time when nobody knew where he was and then finding him and the, all this happens they tell him you know he's not going to make it family says you know yeah but let's let's uh let, let's operate he makes another 18 years <laughs> i mean he's 98 this is that's a that's a high number for anybody especially somebody shot dead in the face left for dead Hit with a bayonet 13 times. I mean, I don't know if I could go through all that and get up, but somehow uh, the power worked very well here, didn't it? Yes, it did. And I, I'm not even sure I'd want to get up after that. But <laughs> no. this man, was he was actually attempting to reload his musket after being bayoneted 13 times. And, and uh, to me, I can't imagine the pain he was experiencing. It must have been just the grace of God. And the things that the left, that the, that the Marxists in our country are doing right now, I mean, they are withering. They're withering. And, and it's, it's easy for people to faint and lose heart in the middle of this. But what we need right now more than, any, than anything is men like Samuel Whitmore, who have the level of courage that he did, who will fight until the very end, even if it costs them their life. If this country ultimately falls to tyranny, completely falls to tyranny, we will wish we had expended more effort to save it. Of course. And, and, and we have to ask ourselves, have I done every single thing I can to stop this tyranny against our country? Look, I've got, I've got five children and 10 grandchildren. I would do anything for them. And, you know, in, in many ways, they're the ones that keep me going. But I also love this country dearly. And I think America is really worth fighting for. We, we can't stand back and go, it's too hard fight and save this country we just can't do that we just came through an election in 2020 you know we, i don't know if you've seen the movie um 2000 mules but the evidence that there was fraud in the 2020 election is dispositive oh we absolutely to, should we pack up our bags and go home and say well well we know that the democrats are going to cheat they've cheated in every election and the truth is they have to cheat because if they told us exactly what they were going to do to our country no one would vote for them and so they have to deceive the American people and they have to deceive their own voters. And so um, 
So the church has to turn out to a man. Yeah. So and and pastors, I mean, they they're the ones who formulated the political ideology in our founding charters. And I want to say today that that a pastor that, that is worth his salt must preach at least one election sermon before every single election is coming up. And if somebody doesn't like it and leaves, too bad. Bill Cook, friend to the show, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Before I get into this last topic of discussion, and a very disturbing one as well, uh, I do want to mention the fact that one of the great listeners of 94.9, Lee Elsie, and listener to the show too, um, has not been doing good health-wise. Now, I know Lee kind of mentioned something about that on Friday, and I'm not going to mention any names. I'm just going to say that thoughts and prayers go to that wonderful listener who has been such a, uh, a fantastic part of this station. And I don't know what the health is like and or anything like that. I just know that over the last few years here with the station and with Lee and, and with us, we've, we've lost a lot of listeners. And, you know, I don't really want to get like depressing or or anything like that but it's just been a lot of a lot of good people that have been lost you know we we had peter last week and we we dedicated the program to him we had marjorie adams who's one of the great fans of lee elsie and uh mrs baseball her family with their uh with their accolades as far as how baseball was started in america which is still to me the greatest game ever I'm sure Lee would agree with that as well. And, of course, Dale, you know, Dale Callahan, who we dedicated. uh, We always dedicated to the great listeners when they've moved on, and they've moved on to a much better place than where we're at right now, believe you me. But, um, like, those three names right there, right? Dale, Marjorie Adams, and Peter. I mean, those are those are like big, hard-hitting names. Peter's all the uh, the accolades that he had is in and his political position. And Dale was just somebody that, if you needed to talk business as far as it was putting material out and marketing and putting out a good product on the radio, which he did uh, for many years. He knew Lee. That's how he knew Lee's list. He liked to call and kind of. <laughs> He would he would take swings at me all the time. Me and Frank, he hated me and Frank. Not hated, but I think actually maybe he might have liked me just a little more than Frank. But he definitely sometimes would uh, would take a swing. And but there were a lot of times, you know, one time when he called me out, and he had it right, and I called Lee and I apologized, and I I and he called right back and said, you know, I'm glad that Chet admitted he was wrong, and that's. Uh, that's something we need a lot of and kind of uh, don't have enough of anymore. And I was kind of uh, be before on the prior segment that I was doing saying not to talk to the other side. I don't believe that that's the way that this show would ever conduct business. Um, I've obviously, sometimes when I get behind this microphone, 
I get excited, I get upset when I'm reading these stories, and that's why that kind of happens. But anyway, one of our great listeners, if you guys can just say a prayer, uh, we'll always say a prayer for everybody, but especially uh, somebody that's part of the family. And this, I, I swear it, I've said it, and I've said it to Lee. The callers to this station, the folks that we've met, the people that I've met through Lee Elsie and his show, these are like real great uh, to-the-color Americans. These are people that love this country and are, are they do the best that they can to push forward with this great messaging that comes from this station. And this is the only one on the planet that has a weekend lineup like we've had. This has been with Freedom on Deck and Rocky, but when we had Gordon Vidal, uh, Lori Hopkins Cavanaugh, when we, you know, when there was a lineup on Saturdays and Sundays, Dan Newmar too with uh, political class and some of the other shows, it's it it was really powerful back then. We had really two great days. Now it's it's me and and Rocky and some of the other weekend shows have kind of. Uh, gone by the wayside but we're still doing it here and that's all thanks to lee elsie and that's why we have uh shows like that too don't ever forget that when you complain about le boutelier or you're complaining about content or some of the people just remember the reason we have some of the hardline uh right shows that we have on the stage is it's because of lee that's the reason i'm here i mean you know starting to do that podcast and putting it out that's how i got on the air so you can blame Lee Elsie for that. <laughs> um, all right, so this is a crazy story. Uh, four-year-olds at an Alert Bay British Columbia school were given homework assignments on touching their private body parts. The worksheet asked students to draw pictures of places in their home where they can masturbate privately. Here's the worksheet the children were asked to complete, and it shows the diagram if any of you want the diagram, just ask me. This is a this is a real story. Um, Tigskal Law School is part of the Nagmas Furton Nation, a spokesperson from the nation. To libs of TikTok, the incident is under investigation and therefore was not able to comment further. The principal could not be reached for comment. The worksheet is adapted from a book called Body Smart right from the start which is advertised for three to seven-year-olds. All right, uh, ideal ages. What's the ideal age for this book? When selling online, it says Body Smart, right from the start by Kerry Isham, is ideal for children between the ages of three and seven years of age. Uh, not my kids and not any of the children in my family, not my niece, not my kids, you know, this is some real sick stuff here. These people, when they try to sexualize your children, just remember, these are some of the biggest psychopaths that you could ever come across, and all of them are lefties. Every single one of them. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't happen on the other side, but uh, when you have people out there that don't know what they what they should truly have under their pants and and you can't define what a woman is and you think there are only 700 genders out there what do you expect of course that's going to happen and that's what they're working towards there needs to be more of a pushback from the lmnop people and say a little more and stand up and say we're not going to conduct any business with anyone that sees a child as something of a sexual uh, being 
at all. No chance. I'm not saying that they haven't. They have. There have been statements made after the uh, drag queen story time was exposed for having pedophiles in it. They had to make statements. But if you notice, when stuff like that happens, and when they're trying to do these terrible things, and when they come for your kids, they make a statement, and then they shut up. Because guaranteed they get pushback from all these psychopaths that support them and give them money and, and, uh, and are actually very sick people. They need... And there's not much that helps them. I, I've said it many times on this show. There's only one thing that cures a pedophile. And that's, well, two things. A bullet and a chamber. And that's too nice for them, by the way. Um, but they're moving towards trying to make that legal, believe me. Uh, that's around the corner for these wonderful progressives. I call it regress. I think they're regressives. I don't think they're progressives. And I don't think everybody on that side... Uh, is this way of course not i know plenty that aren't the problem is they just don't stand up enough against this stuff because again they can't because if they do they'll get labeled as somehow being like us and somehow in some weird way standing up for children's wrong this is what they think and we have to have a way to break through that especially with the kids and that's the point The reason they do this to the children with books like these and have them reading crap like this is so these children will grow up to be like them. And it'll get worse and worse and worse. And believe me, it will. It does not go in a good direction. It never does. Anytime you have someone out there that has this warped viewpoint of a child as being when they're three to seven, when they're three to ten, we should talk more about sex. No. No. First of all, you don't get to do that to my child. You don't get to talk to my child about anything that I don't approve of. That's first of all. And if you touch them, I'm going to put you six feet under. Period. Point blank. Well, enough about that, guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry it's been another show where we split up the segments. It's, it's kind of what I've been dealing with the past couple of weeks. And next week, we will be back together. Brian was supposed to be here this week. He has COVID, believe it or not. So it's me and him. I don't think CV's had it. Or maybe he has. I don't remember. But uh, we have both had it, and we have both not been vaccinated. And um, we're alive, believe it or not. And uh, that's kind of good, right? supposedly maybe for the other folks not so good next week we're gonna have a wonderful show coming up i have some guests on the docket i think i know all of them right now one of them should be a musician by the name of steve elsie he's supposed to come by and we're going to talk about music that's either this week or next week and of course all the other wonderful guests all the other wonderful topics with cv brian myself freedom on deck same freedom station same freedom time god bless America. This has been Freedom Online.